Isn't the Lord good? Come on, he's been good this morning. He's good every day. But I just sense the wonderful presence of Jesus in this place. Thank you, singers and musicians and all the people of God here at Victory Church that make Victory truly a blessed church. Amen. How many of you believe that this morning? Amen. We sensed and felt the presence of God in this place this morning, and we're grateful. If you would turn with me to Psalm 1, Uno. Psalm 1. We want to continue our series this morning on my summer playlist. It's a series on the Psalms. Any of you remember Casey Kasem? Yes. You're, you're old enough. Okay. Um, Casey Kasem was in the 80s and the 90s and even into the 2000s. And uh, he would have what was called the top 40 single hits in music, not Christian music, but in secular music. And he would count them down every, every Saturday. He would count them down from the 40th to the hit single, the number one single. Well, the Psalms are God's top 150. The top 150. They are not necessarily in order of hits. They're all hits. But Psalm 1 seems to be an appropriate psalm to start the 150 of the Psalms. I've entitled my message this morning, Living a Blessed Life. I believe we're living. Amen? And I just um, believe that, you know, it's so important to understand the term blessing. Let me just say this. I told you before of an international ministry that had a teaching series called Living a Life of Obedience. However, when they put out all the product, the CDs, the books, the tapes, this was uh, several years ago, obviously tapes and CDs. But when they put out the, all the product, all the merchandise, uh, none of it sold or, or very little sold. So they had a marketing idea. They changed the title. They changed the title of, to How to Be Outrageously Blessed. And they sold out. People were buying it left and right, and all the product, all the material, they sold thousands and thousands of uh, pieces of material uh, and product because everyone wants to be blessed. And I believe that Psalm 1 talks about how to be blessed. I don't know about you, but I'm living a blessed life. I trust you are too. God has blessed my life in so many ways. God has opened doors. God has taken me places that I never thought I would go, people I never thought I would meet. And, you know, just, just looking uh, on, on our church Facebook page this week, I'm so blessed because I pastor an amazing church. There are so many great leaders that are doing ministry. They are leading ministry. They have a heart for it. They have a passion for it. They are, have a prayer again, or whether it was vacation Bible school a few weeks ago, a youth ministry uh, meeting on a weekly basis. Then they have a, a monthly meeting where they gather with other youth leaders, youth groups seeking God for revival. We have Bible courses. We had an international service last week that was so amazing. 
all, this house was filled with people from all over the world praising God, worshiping Jesus in one accord, glorifying the name of the Lord. And this church looks more like heaven than most churches that I know because in heaven there will be every tongue, every tribe, every nation worshiping Jesus, loving Jesus with all their heart and we are a part of what God is doing. There are men's ministry, women's ministries, there's a prayer ministry, there's a network, there is so much that God is doing. I am blessed to be a pastor. You are blessed to be a part of what God's doing. God has blessed my life in so many ways, taking me around the world to do missions work, to preach the gospel in dozens of nations. Just in Africa alone, I've been there 12 times. Been to the Holy Land. I'm blessed with an amazing woman as my wife and ministry partner. I am so blessed. I have children, I have grandchildren, family and friends. I have great mentors and great uh, colleagues in ministry. And I am so blessed. I am blessed by God's amazing grace. But my life has been blessed because of the word of God. The word of God has truly blessed my life. My blessed life is not your blessed life. Hello? You don't have to compare with somebody else. You don't have to covet what somebody else has. I want you to understand something. I want you to hear this this morning. God knows how to tailor his blessing perfectly to fit you. You don't have to compete or compare with anybody else. God knows what a blessed life looks like for you. Can you say amen? And one important thing I want to share with you this morning that I believe is critical. It is never too late to live a blessed life. How many of you believe that this morning? It's true. The Psalms that we, we've been looking at, they cover the gamut of human emotions and human experience. The highs, the lows, the victories, the defeats, the setbacks, and the setups. When reading the Psalms, it doesn't take long to find a Psalm mirroring your exact thoughts, emotions, and life experiences. 150 Psalms, they open up with one word, Psalm 1, blessed, blessed, blessed is the man, blessed is the woman. The word blessed contains the essence of all that is to follow in the book of Psalms. How many of you know that you can be blessed in God's house, but you could also be blessed in your house? You can be blessed on the battlefield, and you can be blessed on the playground. You can be blessed when you lie down. And when you rise up, you can be blessed in victory and in defeat. Now, wait a minute. Blessed in defeat? Yes, because God is able to extract valuable lessons from our defeats to teach and train us for future battles. Only God could extract. God could take something good out of something bad, out of your defeat, out of your setback. God can do something powerful. The best athletes... The best business CEOs and generals and, and military armies, they learn from their failures and their defeats. Thomas Edison, he invented the light bulbs. I hope we'll still have light bulbs over the next few years. Uh, Thomas Edison invented the light bulbs when a reporter asked him, how did it feel to fail 1,000 times? 
Edison replied, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention of 1,000 steps. He had a whole different perspective on failure. And as a child of God, you and I will make mistakes. We will fail. We will fall short. We will mess up. We will do some things that, that, that we don't want to do, but, but our flesh might get in the way. And I know some of you are so holy, you'll never make a mistake in your life. But live long enough, and you'll understand what I'm saying. That's why his grace is so amazing. And in the Psalms, we look at being blessed and I, and I want you to hear it this morning. As your pastor, I care for you. I love you, and I'm concerned, and I know many of your stories, but I want you to know it's never too late to live a blessed life. How can I say that? I can say that upon the authority of God's word. God gave me a word at the beginning of 2023. It's on the banners. I believe that God gave me a word, restoration. Restoration. I believe God wants to restore the years the locusts have eaten. God wants to restore things to your life. And what I mean by that, what was lost, what was forfeited, what was wasted, God can restore, can make up for lost time. He can make up for lost money. He can make up for lost ministry. He can make up for lost experience. That's how good our God is. That's how powerful he is. If you haven't listened or heard the messages, you can go to our podcasts or our YouTube page, Victory Church Providence, and you could find those messages in, in the beginning of the year. I, I believe they're worthwhile and they're valuable. But Psalm 1, verse 1, let's look at the text. Blessed is the man. What I want you to uh, be aware of, that word blessed is in the plural. It's not in the singular. It speaks of the multiplicity of blessings. It speaks of the intensity of the blessing. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers of all church history outside of the apostles, uh, most read and most quoted uh, preacher, he said this of, of the word blessed. He said, he, he, he just made up a word. He said, oh, the blessedness is. Oh, the blessedness is. Now, the King James, the new King James says, blessed is the man. The new American standard, in my opinion, in the research that I've done, is one of the most literal translations from the Greek and the Hebrew. And, and I don't use the new NAS. I like the King James. I use the new King James just because I'm so used to memorizing scripture and familiar with them from that translation. But the new American standard tries to capture uh, the, that tr the translation by saying, how blessed, how blessed. Our King James and New King James says, blessed is the man, but the New American Standard says, how blessed, trying to capture that word in the plural. The blessedness means a joyful mental state of contentment, a condition of security. Blessed means fullness of joy, depth of happiness, and height of of contentment. How many of you want to be blessed? How many of you are blessed? How many of you know there are greater measures of blessing? I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving in this church. I believe that we have the Holy Spirit moving our praise and our worship and our prayer time. And it's at times like that that the Holy Spirit softens up our heart and sensitizes our spirit that we can connect with God no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through. God is revealing himself. I want to encourage you to press in to experience what God has living a blessed life it is possible 
because God promised it. And in Psalm 1, God shows us the way to blessedness. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. Whatever he does will prosper. But the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the wicked, and the way of the wicked shall perish. Blessed. Blessed is the man. It's interesting. I want you to hear something this morning. It's so critical in our, in our day and our age that we're living in. When there's, when there's moral relativism, when it means, what I mean by that is people believe that, that a, a lot of paths are right, a lot of ways are right. It, it's all up to you, what you decide. But, but the Bible tells us in Psalm 1, there are two paths in life. The Bible tells us that there are two ways of life. The Bible tells us there are two practices, two ways to live out our life. The Bible tells us there's two destinies. There's not a hundred. There's not even three. There's only two. There are two paths of life. You and I are either on one or we're on the other. In Psalm 1, there are several conditions that are laid down. First, we have the negative. It says, if you want to be blessed, you can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You can't stand in the way of sinners. You can't sit in the seat of the scornful. This verse of Scripture shows us a path that winds away from God and winds downward. It's a process of spiritual decline that we should all be informed about. We start off walking in the counsel of the ungodly, but then we, we, we find ourselves also standing in the way of sinners, and before long we're in the seat of mockers, those who scorn the things of God, those who scorn the holy commandments and the ways of God and, 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 and take culture over what God's word says and, and takes the opinion of man over what the holy word of God says. We see this spiritual digression. Actually, in the New Testament, we can see it in the life of Peter the Apostle. He walked with Jesus for three and a half years, heard some wonderful, wonderful, heard the greatest teaching ever, saw miracles, was a part of the greatest move of the Spirit. And you know what happened with Peter? His denial that he ended up denying that he even knew Jesus. He swore three times he denied Jesus. You know, that denial came as a slow fade. That denial was a gradual decline. Understand something this morning, no one backslides overnight. No one falls away from God in a day. We see Peter in Luke chapter 22, the Bible says he followed at a distance. He was walking, so, so we could say he was walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Then we see in John 18, 18, it said he was standing around with those who were at the fire. So we see him now standing in the path of sinners. 
In Luke 22, verse 55, we see Peter sitting, sitting with those in the courtyard around the fire. He went from walking to standing to sitting. The denial of Christ would quickly follow. You know, you can't be living for Jesus and also be walking in the counsel of the ungodly or standing with sinners or sitting in the seat of the scornful, partaking and being a part of them. I remember before I was converted to Jesus at the age of 16 and 17, I was being witnessed to, I was being shared the gospel. And, you know, at that young age, my heart was tender to God and I knew it was the truth. But you know what? I wasn't willing to fully repent. I wasn't willing to follow Jesus because all of my friends were going in a different direction. And, and I, I knew what it meant to repent. I knew I'd have to turn away from certain things. And so for a year or two, God began to deal with me. And see, God loves us so much that when we're running from God, he won't make it easy. When we're going in the wrong direction, matter of fact, he can make us very miserable. But that's a good thing because he loves us. And if we went our own direction and we were happy, we would never turn around and turn back to Jesus. And so, but I remember a couple of times being with my friends and I wasn't converted. I wasn't, I didn't repent yet, but I knew it was the truth. So I'd be smoking a blunt. Is that what they call it today? I don't know. Uh, but it used to be a reefer, weed. Uh. But I was smoking and drinking wine, and we're in a car, and we're all getting high, and I began to preach. I began to, to tell them the truth. And I started to make sense, and I was starting to get through. And you know what they said? Once I started to make some sense and bring some conviction as much as I could, smoking a reefer, a blunt, whatever you want to call it, drinking wine, you know what they said to me? Well, if you believe that, why aren't you living it? Now I was convicted. Now I lost my high. <laughs> but see, I couldn't stay in that in, in the seat of the mockers. I couldn't be walking with sinners. I couldn't be in that atmosphere if I expected to walk fully with Jesus. You see, the all-important question this morning, the epic issue you must decide, where do you get your counsel from? This is critical. This determines the direction of your life, whether you will be blessed or whether you'll be cursed. Your life either will wind upward or it will wind downward. Whether you end up in heaven or in hell is, is, is a very real issue here. You say, well, you're being too dramatic. No, the scriptures speak for themselves. The scriptures are clear in Psalm 1. The counsel you follow determines the course of your life. Derek Prince said this. He said, if your counsel comes from people who reject God's principles and flout flaunt his requirements, you have no claim upon his blessing. This goes for our political leaders. If they reject God's principles, if they openly disregard his requirements, don't follow them. Vote them out of office. Vote for politicians who believe in a culture of life, who believe in our ah, pro-life. I don't care if it sounds political. I'm talking about standing for the word of God, not sitting with the scornful, not walking with sinners, not walking and in, in, in coming into agreement with those who contradict the word of God, 
We need to support those politicians who uphold God's standard regarding marriage between one man and one woman. You see, I love all people. I'm for those who are divorced, but I'm against divorce. I'm for those who are homosexual, but I'm against homosexuality. I'm for sinners, but I'm against sin. And we believe that people must repent of their sins, put their faith in Jesus Christ, and walk with him if they expect to have eternal life and if they expect to be blessed. My question to you this morning, who are you listening to? Fox News is not going to give you the gospel. I think they'll give you a little bit more than CNN, if I'm going to be honest. CNN is not going to give you the gospel. We must believe in what the Word of God says. So when you look for marriage counseling, are you listening to the housewives of Atlanta, New York, Georgia, Rhode Island, or are you listening to God's Word? When it comes to financial advice, are you listening to CNBC or Fox News, or are you listening to the principles of God's Word? When it comes to mental health, are you listening to Dr. Phil or Oprah? Or are you listening to Dr. Jesus? Blessed is the man who walks not, who walks not, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That's the negative. That's the negative uh, principles or the negative understanding we have to, to apply. We've got to stay away from these. Now the positive, verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. You know what the word delight means? Take pleasure. Great pleasure. Satisfaction. His delight. We're talking about the mere, you know, the Bible says blessed is the man, not blessed is the king, not blessed is the scholar, not blessed is the influential, blessed is the man. That means every single one of us, blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who delight, they find pleasure. I want to ask you this morning, what makes you happy? You know how you could find out? You don't have to, nobody has to beg you to do it. How many of you like ice cream? That's not a trick question. My wife should be having her hand up back there. She's holding a baby. My wife loves ice cream. I don't have to beg her to go get ice cream. I mean, all I have to do is get my keys out. We're going to go get ice cream. What's your favorite ice cream, honey? Kawabunga. <laughs> But she takes pleasure. She takes delight. And what you take pleasure in, no one has to beg you. I want to ask you seriously, do you delight in God's word? Do you know how much time the average person spends reading the Bible? While about 63% of Americans describe themselves as Christian, only 11% of U.S. adults read their Bible every day. One out of 10. According to a recent data, the average person spends three hours and 15 minutes on their phone each day.
And that, that I'm sure those statistics also reflect the church world. People who call themselves Christian. Okay, let's move on. It's getting too quiet. But think about that seriously. Think about that. One out of ten people read their Bibles every day, but the average person spends three hours plus on their on social media. Do you delight in God's word? How much do you hunger for God's word? Job said this, he said, I desire your word more than my necessary food. So this morning, you might say, I don't delight in God's word. You might not say that, but your actions prove it. But now listen, I'm not looking to bring any of you under condemnation. I'm not looking for the devil to take advantage of you this morning by what I'm saying. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. And I don't want the condemnation of the devil. The devil say, well, you're a terrible Christian. Look, you're on your phone so much. You're on your phone even in church and you're not even listening while the word of God's being preached. But you know what we can do? We could ask God to give us a hunger. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, if we know, we have this confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us and will have the petition that we ask for. How many of you know if you and I sincerely pray, and I need to pray this too. I mean, I faithfully read the word of God, but sometimes my heart isn't always in it and I have to, I have to struggle with my own flesh and sometimes I wake up in the morning and I got a lot of things I got to go do and, and I feel like prayer is kind of in the way and I want to get to it until I realize, God, prayer is my first business. Prayer is my first ministry. Prayer is the most important word to do and read the word and so listen if we ask in faith say God give me a love for your word God give me a delight because how am I going to be blessed the Bible says you must delight in the word the Bible says blessed is the man his delight is in the law of the Lord so we pray for it I want to encourage you this morning make that a matter of prayer and then simply become intentional something we have done here at victory church for the last several years is this book it's a through the bible bible what it does is it breaks up the bible old testament psalms proverbs new testament every day in the in the in the genius of this of this bible is that some people want to read the whole bible and they'll start out in genesis and they'll do good until they get to leviticus and then they're in trouble. But this, what this does, when you get to Leviticus, that day is also going to have a psalm, a proverb, and the New Testament. This book we're selling, I believe, $15. I'm, I, think that, I think it might cost more sometimes, depending on postage. And when we buy it, it's not a fundraiser. We do not make a penny. It's not, not anything but to bless you. This is an intentional plan. Listen, you could take 15 to 20 minutes a day I, I Google it, I know from practice, but I, I, I looked at what, how long should it take you to read through the Bible if you took time every day, 15 to 20 minutes. Blessed is the man. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. There are only two times we need to meditate upon the Lord. Day 
and night. 15, 20 minutes. And listen, if you miss a few days, if you miss a day here, a day there, and it takes you a year and a half to read through the Bible, you will do something most Christians never do in their lifetime. I'm talking about an intentionality. I'm talking about being intentional, praying, God, give me a hunger. God, I need more of a hunger. God, put it in my heart. God, help me. Give me a desire more for the word than for Facebook. Give me a desire more for the word than for football. Give me a desire more for the word than for TV. Give me a desire, God. But then practically being intentional and saying, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to start reading the word of God every day. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is how you're going to be blessed. Something else the Lord laid upon my heart last year was to start uh, Bible classes teaching uh, from from the, the depth of my experience and background and knowledge to pour into hungry hearts. And this course is Bible Doctrines. Two Tuesday nights a month, September, October, November, and one in the first week of December. And this course will go through the 16 fundamental truths that we believe as Christians. But what I want to emphasize to you, first of all, many Christians don't know what they believe. And what happens is we become, church people become vulnerable to the cults, to false religion, because they don't know what the truth of the word of God is. I remember hearing one time many years ago, I don't know if it's still true today, but, but the way they taught uh, bankers and, and people who dealt with money on how to, to discern between the genuine and the counterfeit was they didn't show them the counterfeit. They didn't help let them handle the counterfeit. They let them handle the truth long enough so that when the counterfeit came along, they were able to discern between what was real and what was counterfeit. We, as the people of God, we are in a cultural war. There is a cultural tsunami that has, not is hitting this nation, has already hit this nation. And church people and Christians don't know what's right and what's left, what's up and what's down. And they don't, they're not able to discern anymore between what's right and wrong. How can we discern what is truth versus error, what is right versus wrong, unless we meditate upon the word of God? Come on. God told Joshua in chapter 1, verse 8, the same, he told him the same thing. He said, this book, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. The book, the word of God. Come on, this is, this is, our, this is our food. This is our spiritual nourishment every single day. You see, we want revival, amen. We want the move of the Holy Spirit. We want God to do some more extraordinary things in our world. We need the Spirit and we need the Word. I like what someone said many years ago. If you have all Word and no Spirit, you'll dry up. Have you ever met people, they know the word, but there's no spirit at work in their life. There's no, there's no flow, though. they can be rigid, they can be judgmental, they can be, they can be very cantankerous. All word and no spirit, you'll dry up. But con- on the flip side, if you have all spirit and no word, 
you'll blow up. And what I mean by that is some people, they have all spirit, quote unquote, but they don't have the word. And, and then they do kooky things and they want to blame it on God. God told me to do this. God showed me to do this. Does it line up with truth? Does it line up with the word? That's what's critical. But someone also went on to say, if you have the word and the spirit, you'll grow up. You're going to either dry up, you're going to blow up, but let's grow up. Turn to the person next to you. I know you want to do this. Say, grow up. David, the psalmist, he loved the word. Psalm 119 has 176 verses. Psalm 119. What it is is a praise to the word of God. It has 176 verses in that one psalm. Only two verses, only two verses do not mention the word of God. Uh, it doesn't mention uh, law, precept, command, thy word. Only two verses. Every, it's actually in an acrostic. If you look in your Bible, you will see the Hebrew alphabet uh, above segments. It's an acrostic. All the way through the Hebrew alphabet, the psalmist was declaring his praise and his honor to the word of God. Let me say something to you this morning. And, and again, I don't, I don't mean to, to, to make you feel guilty. I want conviction, not guilt. There's a difference. But you can't say you love Jesus and not love his word. Right? Isn't that true? Because this is Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This is the revelation Jesus said after his resurrection. He told his disciples, he said, Oh, fools and slow of heart, not to believe all that was written in the prophets concerning me. And he began in the Psalms and, and in the prophets, and he began to declare all the prophecies that pointed to him. This is the revelation of God in the heart of God. I want you to understand today, I am, listen, I am in the ministry today, not because I'm that talented or that gifted or that great. I'm, I'm in the ministry today because as a young believer, I had such a hunger for the word of God. I hungered, I love. God gave me such a grace, and I pray this over you, that God would give you a grace, God would give you a hunger, God would give you such a desire for his word. And God changed my life because of the word of God. The blessed, blessed, he, he, he takes the light. He loves the word of God and he meditates. What does it mean to meditate? You know, in Eastern religions, uh, meditation is to empty your mind. But Christian meditation is to fill your mind with the word of God. We don't empty our mind and, you know, hum and go sit on a mountain and, and pop seeds from Whole Foods. and No, we, we, we meditate. You know what it is to meditate simply? How many of you know how to worry? What is worry? It's thinking over and over again. about. I, I think some of us have a PhD in worry. I know, I know, I worry. Oh, I know, I know, now you, you know. You've seen my humanity. You thought I was such a great pastor. Now you realize I'm human. We needed that revelation sooner than later. Amen. But I worry, and what am I doing? I'm thinking and thinking, and, 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 the, and, and people are taking space in my head. And they're not even paying rent. But I, I realize, you know what? i got to meditate upon the word of God. 
Lord, forgive me as I forgive those who trespass against us. Lord, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from the wicked one. In the midnight hour, when my thoughts, when I wake up, I, I think the greatest uh, weapon that the devil uses against us is 2 a.m. Or 3 a.m., depending on what time you get up in the middle of the night. I think we're the most vulnerable. And the devil just comes with thoughts, with bitternesses, with unforgiveness, with so many things. And then we have to, and then the devil wants, what do we do? We're thinking, we're thinking. The devil says here and we say thank you. And then we need to just reject it. We need to say God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, a sound mind. If I trust in the Lord with all of my heart and lean not on my own understanding in all my ways, I acknowledge him and he will direct my path. See, we have to, we have to meditate. We have to get our mind upon what God says. We have to think about it. You see, the ultimate source of all wise and righteous counsel is in the word of God. It's in the Bible. As you fill your heart and mind continually with the word of God and you direct your life according to it, then blessing and prosperity will be your portion. Amen. What shall be your portion? A blessed life. And it goes on and I conclude verse 3. What does the word of God tell us? It says, it says he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. See, when you're planted by rivers of water, that means in times of drought, in times of famine, your roots are going down deep. But you're not only drawing from one river, but the Bible says rivers in the plural. Planted by rivers. So that means this sustenance. That means that you're growing deeper. You're growing, you're growing further and higher in Christ. And then it says you'll bring forth fruit in its season. That means you'll be fruitful in its season. Sometimes we're, we're not in the season yet, but, but our season's coming. We have to have faith and we have to believe God. The word of God says in its season. There's where I think we get jammed up in our mind and, and, and we start to compare with other people and look at what they have or don't have or we compare ourselves. But, but the Bible says in its season, God has a season. Galatians 6, 9, do not be weary in well-doing for in due season you will reap if you faint not. And then it says in verse 3, it says, whose leaf shall not wither. That means there'll be vibrancy. And then verse 3 says, whatever he does shall prosper. Now I want to close with this thought. It isn't, listen, it isn't that the righteous has a Midas touch. Remember the commercial, the Midas touch? Doesn't, not like you have, uh, you know, some people say everything he touches turns to gold. It's not that. It's that the righteous man God, for the righteous man, God is able to bring something good out of everything. Even difficult circumstances bring forth something that will prosper. Even when you have a setback, God is getting ready to set you up for a blessing. The Bible says we ought to take heed, meditate on God's word, apply them to our life, and then what will happen? God guarantees success. Success for you and I this morning. Would you stand together with me today? I want to encourage you. I want us to pray right now a simple prayer. Not according to our feelings, not according to our emotions, not according to anything else, but in our heart, 
Pastor Mike led us in a time of just repentance. I think what thing we have to repent of is not loving God's word, but loving other things. God, forgive us this morning. Come on, I want you to pray right now that God would give you a love for his word so that no one has to bribe you, no one has to tell you, no one has to coerce you to read the Bible, but your heart goes out for the word. You love God's word. You delight in it. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray in this atmosphere, Lord. God, I pray in the hearts and the minds and the ears of your people, God, that you, O Lord, would give them a hunger and a thirst for your holy word, God. Father, that they would begin to be intentional about reading your word. God, that they would not feel guilty or feel like a failure, but they would move forward today God, by taking steps and by praying first, God. God, without you, we can do nothing. But Lord, this morning we ask for the grace, we ask for the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts to give us a desire for more of your word. God, I pray you begin to give revelation to people. God, those that are reading your word, let them begin to see things they've never seen before. Let them begin to experience things they've never experienced before. God, we know that through your word comes the reviving of our soul. Through your word comes the cleanliness, the cleaning of our spirit, God, the renewing of our mind, Lord. So, God, today I thank you for everyone that hears the word of God this morning, that the people of God would be blessed, that those that don't know you in a personal way, God, would just humble themselves and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they would begin to desire to know more about you, O oh God. God, that they would turn to you, God. Lord, we pray, God, for every heart this morning, every life today, to begin to live a blessed life life in Jesus name in Jesus name and everyone said amen and amen you may be seated for a moment pastor Mike is just gonna close us in a word of prayer but just first share a few announcements with us amen how many of you are blessed by the word of God this morning amen